You are listening to the Some Good Content Podcast, a swipe file of proven content plays shared by some of the most successful content marketers out there doing the work. I'm John Benini, and I'm your host. My guests today are Nick Gaudio and Claire Sanford, both from one of my favorite tools, Rev.com. Nick is brand and communications at Rev.com. Hey, Nick. Hey, how's it going, John? And Claire is the content marketing specialist at Rev. Thank you for joining us, Claire. Thanks for having us. And like I said, this is the first one where there's two guests. So if this is a train wreck, it's going to be Nick's fault because <laughs> it was his suggestion that, that he pull you in. No, I'm just kidding. This will go great. So Nick and Claire, like I said, are both from Rev.com. One of my favorite tools. They're not paying me to say that. They're not sponsors of the podcast. But uh, I've been a heavy user, as anyone in the group has seen all the transcripts from this podcast in recent weeks. It's all run through Rev.com. Um, so it's one of my favorite tools, uh, and it's great to have them on. And this was funny. Like I actually shared an email for the members that remember in the group a few weeks ago from Rev, and it was great. I thought it was a great email, um, and it was it was funny. It was engaging. There was a really clever and uh, unique sort of brand, uh, around that. I think it was, was it captions? Was that it, Nick? Right? Yes. Yes, it was. And, and you basically took a really clever, instead of just saying like, Hey, we, we added captions in, in rev.com. You basically took, um, or, or you can customize your captions, like the look of them. You basically took all these famous movie scenes and said like, look how silly it would look if you weren't able to customize the captions. And, you know, like Titanic and like it was all these iconic movie scenes and it was hilarious. Like I was laughing reading this blog post and Thank I thought it was you. super clever and shared it in the group. And then that's how we got connected. So now we have uh, some that's folks from Rev on here. Yes, that's exactly what happened. We were just kind of talking about how captions should be like the, the design of captions should be not that important, but there is importance to them. Right. And then the one thing led to another and we're just like, wouldn't it be funny if we, we it started with Titanic, right? Like, what if we use papyrus font for the, uh, you know, and everyone hates papyrus. And then it just kind of spun out of there. Um, yeah. It was brilliant. So everybody who's in the group, go check out that, that, uh, that post from a few weeks ago. I'll link it here as well. Uh, but anyways, great to have Rev here. Great to have Nick and Claire both here. So uh, both Nick and Claire were kind enough to share three content plays that have been working uh, that have paid off big over the last six to 12 months at Rev. So they're going to walk us through those. But before we get into that, and, and Claire, I'll, I'll lead off with you. Can you just yeah. walk us through, like, talk about, like, content's role at Rev? Because obviously, depending on the company, content could play a huge role, uh, right. lesser of a role. So just talk us through, like, how important sure. content is at Rev.com. I think content is super important at Rev. I know my job specifically, I manage the transcript library. And that content alone is... Um, a really great like SEO booster for us. And I think content plays a lot into like the discoverability of our brand through SEO. And also I think our content does a really great job at just showcasing what our actual product does in a way that's still useful for just anyone on the internet. So <laughs> kind of like the transcript library would be an example in that like we actually use our human like transcription service to create transcripts of like public speeches, press conferences, um, political stuff is really like our bread and butter there. Um, 
So we're actually using our service to create this free service that is kind of relevant to everybody, um, at least everybody in the States. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think content does a really great job at Rev at just showcasing like our product, how it can be relevant to anybody. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Nick. Yeah, and you're going to walk us through the, the Rev transcript library in a bit too, because that's super interesting. Sure. But yeah, Nick, what would you add to that? I would say that it's it's both big and small. Like, like there's the broad thought leadership part of it. Like we, we talk about AI on the blog that we use to then hand to the sales team and then they go out to our enterprise sales calls and use that. Then the ground level stuff all the way down to how to import captions into this obscure um, captioning software, right? So it's it's really vital for us, not, not just the SEO leads. I mean, I know SEO is one of the main drivers of all of our, uh, our new paying customers. But on top of that is, is just the, the usefulness and sort of every facet of the funnel, right? So whether you need to point somebody to a help article, we have a help support um, center that gets into the nitty gritty. And then we have the sort of all the way up to the very t tip top of like why we exist as a company. So um, it's, it's one of the key legs of our, of our brand. What uh, what channels are important? Uh, like blogging, obviously, you guys have a that uh, the post I referenced before uh, with the mm -hmm. movie quotes with awkward captions that was on the blog. <laughs> so uh, what else? Well, like what other what other type of mediums are important from a content standpoint um, at Rev? Nick, you can you can take that one. I can start. Yeah, I mean, clearly the blog. We're we're working on the transcript library, which is a separate entity, right? That kind of showcases the use of our own transcript editor, right? So like people can click on a timestamp, and then it actually takes them in top inside what the tr like the ease of the transcript editor that they would get access to if they get a transcript, which I'm sure John you've you've seen, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we but we really um, you know we do the the usual social stuff, right? But email seems to be another uh, big hit for us, which we're going to end up going down the. Uh, the path on. We're also leaning into and, and just now starting a medium.com account where we're kind of leveraging that for thought leadership of the C-level and um, some of our really, really smart speech scientists who who work and have all these cool thoughts on, you know, the, the sort of um, ethics of, of speech to text because there's, believe it or not, the AI behind it can be very biased. And that's one of the things that we're working on there as well is sort of like letting letting them have a, a, a platform where they can go out and, and um, kind of reach the world that is in our blog. Right. Um, and that's sort of the next step for that's, us. That's super interesting. All right. So you're amplifying right. their voices through, through a different outside of your domain, uh, through media. Right. Awesome. Um, and before we move on to, to, to the plays, what can you share? Uh, you know, I know you can't share specific numbers. Um, so I don't know, Claire, if, if this is you or Nick, what can you share in terms of like the importance of content from a performance standpoint? Like how much of, you know, um, in some way, like is, is new business assisted by, by the blog? Like is the blog driving the majority of your traffic to the website or is there some other place there? Like what can you share in terms of from a performance standpoint, like how important content, how important a role content plays? Yeah, I mean, we, without giving away too much data, like it is a prime, if not the most important channel to us and our SEO dominance is directly related to both the transcript library's performance in generating backlinks and our sort of SEO prowess inside of the blogs that we actually create. So it's because people just often just type in transcript, right? Like I need a transcript. That's that's the main way that they find things. 
the the idea is they 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 find us through the SEO dominance, they sign up for an account, and then we keep them coming back through the email, right? Um, that's the that's you know the the blog is a really good phishing um, device, and the email is a really good hook and reel. Right, right, right. Because I, I, I would assume you get a lot of people that come to the brand, and, and it's cheap enough to run a transcript one time, right? And then email is kind of like how you continue to engage them and get them back using the product more and more. Right. What we don't want is them to keep searching over and over again, transcript library or transcript, right. trans, transcript, because eventually we'll be outbid on Google Analytics or in, in, in you know, Jeep, Google ads, excuse me. Right. Um, and then we'll lose that, you know, eventually there's just because people forget, right? Like you don't necessarily remember every vendor you've ever used for one-off purchases, right? So, you know, the, the email plays a very important role in, in, in developing that relationship and, and being memorable. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And so what is the, what does the content team look like? Can you share anything in that regard, Claire? Like what is, you know, how many writers do you have um, working with any freelancers? Like how big of a team, you know, <laughs> how many folks are working on content? Yeah, so I would say directly working on content. Um, I'm on the Earn Media team, and there are five of us. So there's three, well, there's four managers, and there's me. And then um, Nick is kind of our <laughs> our writer. Well, we have <laughs> Gov, and we have other writers too, but Nick is like the, you know. Um, He's the ringer. He's the guy you bring in when you really need the. <laughs> totally, totally. The big guns. Yeah. yeah. So Nick is. Nick participates in a lot of content projects. And then we also have our design team, which is just made up of two. Um, they also use some freelance, the content team uses some freelance work, but um, yeah, it's it's not huge, but I would say we're pretty, we're a pretty good team. Yeah. And, and where does the, uh, where does the personality and the tone come from? Like, because like a lot of, some of the stuff I've read, it, it, it has like, the, which is hard to strike. A lot of brands yes. try to strike this balance of being funny or being witty and it, like, right. it doesn't work or it's a joke that not many people get. But the, it, it tends to work what, what, what Rev is doing, not just in the emails, but the blog. So like, where does that come from? And like, was that, uh, was that just an organic thing? Like, just kind of walk us through the, the whole tone and voice of Rev. I can talk about that. That's me, right? So not to like jump in and be like, mine, but uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, so it actually started pretty organically last year in um, in December where they said, Nick, you know, uh, we want a Christmas email. And I was like, we don't really have anything for Christmas. So I made up this post on how Rev actually makes for a terrible gift for kids. <laughs> and like, please don't get your nieces and nephews Rev because they'll hate you. <laughs> and, and then um, it, it actually did really, really, really well. It like blew everything out of the water. And then I doubled down with people acting like everybody had responded. A couple people actually responded saying, you know, we would like a Rev gift card because I mentioned a Rev gift card would be a terrible gift for kids. And they said, oh, actually, we'd like this. And then I said in the next email, like a, a couple days before Christmas, like, um, actually, we don't have that. So if you want, <laughs> what you can do is get a wad of cash out and put a, and put a, 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 a post-it note on it that says uh, for Rev use only, and that can serve as it. And then um, I said, if you do that, hashtag us on Twitter. And then like 700 people did that. You can, I'll send you the uh, the hashtag. Oh wow! And after that, I was like, hey guys, you should let me do this more often. And that's sort of what happened. And you know, let, let me let me just you know, kind of mess around with our with our community. And you know, and and another thing that that had helped is that when people write back, I always respond. 
which takes a long time. Sometimes like I'll write something and four or 500 people will be responding jokily or they'll say, that's not very funny. And then I'll be like, Oh, you know, I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, you'd be surprised at what like offends people. Um, maybe, maybe you wouldn't, but, um, yeah. So then we decided that, you know, we, we, we'd leverage that, you know, we, it's, it's trust building. And it's also like speech to text is not, it's not the sexiest thing. Right. So, you know, people are always sort of taken aback by, um, our marketing efforts being actually funny and, and memorable. Right. And, and that's really what's, what's helped us. I think. Right. Right. That's hilarious. I got to see these, this hashtag with 700 people sharing a lot of cash with a sticky note on it. Um, all right. Uh, so let's jump into the plays. And as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, Nick and Claire shared three content plays that have been paying off big at Rev over the last six to 12 months. The first one you both already alluded to. Uh, Claire, tell us about the Rev transcript library. What is it? Um, and, and how has it paid off um, big over the past uh, the past year? Sure. So the Rev Transcript Library is a free service provided by Rev. Um, it's powered by our own human transcript transcription services. Sorry, and um, basically we post transcripts of public speeches, public press conferences, events. Um, Anything spoken that we can, um, most of that is political content. Um, some of it's, we do some financial content like um, earnings calls and stuff like that. Um, some sports stuff, entertainment, but I would say our bread and butter is mostly politics. So um, anytime from the past like six months to a year that you've seen Donald Trump or Joe Biden <laughs> speak publicly, we have that transcribed on our website. So you've had a busy um, couple weeks. <laughs> we've had a very busy couple weeks. Yes. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. And I think what makes the transcript library so amazing is it's, it's really like, it's a great accessibility tool for those who are hard of hearing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a wonderful thing for them to have. Um, it's just crazy to think like we have so much content, like just from social media, from 24 hour news cycle, like politicians are just speaking all the time, especially like we have a president now that speaks publicly more so than any other president probably has. And um, it's a like that footage is just no one can watch that. Like no one can sit through Donald Trump's five rallies in a day. Like you can't watch that. Um, I guess you can, but it's, I mean, it's just time consuming. There's just so much of it. And so I think the transcript library goes beyond just, um, being kind of an accessible resource to like making politics or like not politics even, but just like news information and especially news information without any spin or any like editorialized, sure. you know, element. Mm -hmm it just makes it more accessible for anyone. Even if, even if you are hearing, like I'm not going to sit and watch right. all of that content. So like it makes it more searchable. It's easier to search a transcript than it is a video. Um, let's say you hear someone said something, it's a lot easier to go to a transcript and be like, first of all, is that true? <laughs> Second of all, I want to see the context around what that was. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think it's, that's, that's kind of what it is. Um, right. I would assume you have a lot of journalists that, that might check it yeah. out too, right? Because yes. they're kind of looking yes. for the, the written yes. record of it. 
Um, it's can, a really good. I can jump in on that because whenever we first build it, we actually messaged our journalists by domain. Like we hunted them down and said, hey, guys, we're making this free resource, just so you know. And then that sort of started a, like a dialogue. Um, and then they started using it and getting and, and referring to it in their their pieces. And Claire can speak about the backlinks that we've gotten, but because I, I actually don't know how many or I mean what kind what kind of quality they are. They're top notch though, and that and that's actually how it started. Um, that was gonna on be that one of my questions. Yeah, that was gonna be one of my questions, Claire. Is like what kind of backlinks? Well, well how does that work? Because yeah, people are linking to the transcript. Uh, yeah, just yes. just walk me through how that all works. Like, why are people linking to them? What kind of links are you getting? Uh, yeah, just walk. Yeah. Us through. Yeah. So we get a lot of links in. Um, just news stories, which makes sense. Um, we got like a record number of backlinks from the first presidential debate. Um, that one was quite a doozy. So I think a lot of people were really interested in seeing the transcript, going back to it. Um, journalists will cite something specific in an event or speech or whatever, and they'll link to the transcript probably because it's easier to search than a video. Um, if you link to a video, there's a chance people will click on it and click away. Um, so most of it comes from that. We do get backlinks from major news sources, um, you know, like all of them. Uh, so it's been really awesome to see that it's not only a valuable resource for just it's, it's a valuable resource for journalists, you know, who are like trying to do their job and get information out to us. So it feels like a really good um, service that we can provide to them. And the real irony is that we're, you see both sides of the political spectrum linking to us and pointing to the same stuff saying, read this, yes. shit, right? They're like, <laughs> get, like the Daily Dot and Breitbart pointing to the same stuff <laughs> on our transcripts that like MSNBC is doing. Yes. So it's amazing to be on the inside of that and seeing and seeing the the you know the, the not just the the backlinks but on Twitter too, right? Like we, right. we get a lot of exposure. I mean, Claire started the uh the Twitter account um mm, I didn't. No, well, really. How much well we started with what 800 people or something like that when you started and now it's roughly 3,000. It's going Yeah. Through. It's so. a Twitter account for the transcript library? Yeah, yes. Definitely. We also have a Facebook page specifically which for that is yes and it's actually getting more engagement than twitter is which is interesting um but facebook has about seven thousand followers now but um so, yeah. so, wow that's so you're getting you're getting links from top, i mean top 50 domains like in the, in yeah. the entire yes. world which yes. is yes which is which is amazing that's that has to be good for domain authority um yeah, yeah. is this a new like so this is something you launched within the last year yes Yes. We started about a year, a, a, year, a year and a half ago, but I would say that we didn't really put the oomph behind it that we have in the last year, thanks to sort of the political discourse, discourse in the country sort of right. going through the roof too. We, you know, we had there was there just wasn't as much because there wasn't as much to cover that was interesting, right? You could give we could do speeches of um, you know uh, corporate earnings calls for PayPal or something, um, and get maybe one like, right? But you know, what really amplified it was these these moments where people were like, what are they saying? And then actually seeing a lot of people just looking for the truth, right? They're just like, Rev doesn't have any political bias. They don't have really inter any interest in it. In fact, our job is to, to tout our accuracy. So we don't want to seem biased. We want to seem accurate just to the word. So that's what I think has been the sort of, um, at least like the ethos behind why people come to us and not go to say a, 
you know, another, and also it doesn't hurt that the web, the, the, what the white house was editing their own transcripts. So you couldn't even trust governmental sure. uh, transcripts to do this right. Right. So, um, you know, they also, sorry to interrupt, but no government transcripts also take a while to come out usually. And we try to get ours out within a few hours of the event happening. So I think that's been a really great angle for us. Which is, it's also an investment for the company as well, because you're paying, you're still paying sure. your writers to transcribe them. And in the, yes. in the case of a presidential debate, like, first of all, I props to that person for two, two and a half, three hours, like no break. There's no commercial breaks. I mean, I mean, yeah. actually there's maybe there's like two um, or do they do? Right. I, don't, I don't even know if they do commercial I breaks. They did. I don't, not on that yeah. first that train, the first train wreck. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Nonstop we do. just typing for three hours. Yeah. We do congressional hearings too. Like we did oh, all of the hearings for Amy Coney Barrett and they were like eight hours long. So Right. And you have um, how many senators right. asking questions and Exactly. Wow. It's so long. Yeah. Um so how do and and these get picked up organically too, or is it mostly through social and because of the, the you know how topical it is? Or does do people find this organically as well? I think mostly organically. And so how, um, like, is somebody Googling like a uh, presidential debate transcript? Is... Yes. Okay. <laughs> People do search that. Um, if Yeah. I mean, that's mostly how I think our SEO has gotten to a really great point that I think if you just search presidential debate will come up on the first page. Wow. Um, hmm? I just, I just Googled debate transcript. We're the first, we're two out of the first three. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. right. Um, <laughs> You're owning, owning it right now. Yeah. Owning it. Owning it. Absolutely. But I think a lot of it just comes from people Google searching. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, that's amazing. I love that, that mm-hmm. play too, because it's, um, it seems so obvious only in retrospect when you started doing it, I'm sure. Um, right. <laughs> and the social, like you mentioned, social call outs. So people are, uh, I would assume also reputable journalists are maybe even referring to it on Twitter. Like, are they including links in yeah. their tweets? Yes, that does happen. Um, yeah, it, it does. It happens. It's um, amazing. Especially what? around times where there's something huge, like the presidential debate or right. stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Great. That, that's, that's awesome. I, I love that one. I mean, I could spend the rest of the podcast talking about that one, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, I'm definitely going to check that out and see how, how, how you structure the, the actual transcript library as well, because that's super fascinating. Um, yeah. so the second one, the second play, uh, that we, you guys shared was, um, the content quest video game. So tell us about that, Nick. So we have like sort of three separate houses in the marketing team. We have demand gen, product marketing, and content, and then sort of me out floating amongst them as like a as a gun for hire. Uh, and um, the demand gen came to us in the middle of the summer and said, "Hey, we want to target at uh, media and entertainment industry campaign, and they're fun people. We can't really do something boring." And um, product marketing had come to us and said, hey, we have these personas all ironed out. And I said, wouldn't it be cool if we could start – we could get a video game made, like an organ trail game where you start with like I'm a banker from Boston, but it would be one of our personas, right? Sure. Like I'm a carpenter from Cleveland or whatever and, and then go through like your work day trying to avoid the pitfalls with using, by using speech to text. Um, and you know, by then I had sort of gained a lot of trust in making these kind of weird outlandish ideas – 
actually into things that make sense once you see them. So they're like, okay, let's try this. So we went and tried to find a developer that fell through and they're like, this will literally take five months. Um, we can't, you know, and, and also your budget's not high enough. So we were like, okay, let's, let's re let's, we got all back together. And then we said, okay, can we do this in a choose your own adventure style thing? And that's where it actually got legs. We went and went to type form and, uh, you actually have to like, it's gated, right? Um, and we, we ran ads against it. But once you get in, you type in your email and then you pick one of the four personas and you go through a choose your own adventure that sort of shows the um, value of speech to text in this goofy way. So we have like a journalist per persona and there's a chipmunk attack on the town that you're in <laughs> and you've got to go cover it, cover it. This giant chipmunk is there and, you know, um, you got to get, you know, if you don't get your phone out and use the rev call recorder, app which you know we haven't plugged on this yet but it's pretty awesome but if you if you don't get that out in time like the chipmunks will steal your phone and you'll lose the story right and a lot of it was based on this really in-depth um, persona reporting by our product marketing team to inform like this very um in language content right like we we're talking to at them like i'm an i'm a former journalist so that helped for that one but for like video video producers and stuff like that um i, I that's like latin to me so having that background inform these like stories that ended up doing really well and the reason i brought it up was that you know we had this goal of 800 people 800 mqls and then it went out in the world and i think ver like we ended up um it got covered in yahoo and um some other places picked it up and we ended up getting 4,000 leads. So, wow. you know, it was one of those, like you, you hear like personalization is key, but like really, really tripling down on that concept um, is what yielded the results that it did. I mean, you gamified personalization in a way that, yes. right. yeah, not just personalized, but gamified. Right. Right. That's a, it's a new phrase that somebody has got to come up with and make some corny business phrase for. Um, so, so, you basically created a game um, that would that would visualize uh, somebody's journey and, and how speech to text uh, would 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 help in their journey and, and basically how the tools would help. Um, is it is it still a game that's running or was this like a yeah, temporary campaign? Yeah. yeah? So we had a prize associated with it, a hundred dollar uh, Amazon gift card, which people do just about they'll do backflips for you if you offer that, right? Um, but. Uh, it's still up and the, the prize is long gone. We gave that away in September sure. after we were like, sort of like, we ha we actually attached the type form to our Slack channel to show us when the leads were coming in. And the moment we pulled the trigger, it was like a waterfall. It was like, um, <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, and just, just the rush of that being out in the world and, and seeing it like take, take off and be sort of touted on Twitter and all this other stuff. Um, you know, that that's, you know, if, if, if there's a content play here, it's that, you know, sticking to your your the tone of voice that you're used to and gamifying and personalizing that's that's the the, the combination of things um you know we we feel like we we own the people like rev is really good with the people who already know that they need us the hand raisers know about rev but the people who don't know anything about whether they could use speech to text in their in their daily lives that's who we really wanted to aim at and I told, like, I told our head of demand gen whenever she came to me, or of this project, not of demand gen generally. She's like, I, you know, I, I need to get these people to understand that speech to text has value in their lives. And I was like, you know, I was a reporter for several years, and I would have chopped off my left arm to not have to sit <laughs> after a school board meeting and sit and type up a transcript. And I had no idea even to think about this thing, right? 
and it existed all the line and all it would have to do was pay 10 bucks to have it transcri transcribed and I would have done that but I you know I didn't even couldn't like right fathom such a thing right right, right. and so this was to make people fathom such a thing I guess you'd say how did you guys secure coverage in a place like Yahoo? Did you have some sort of uh, PR campaign that did that, or was that organic? No, uh, we we I I actually don't know the answer to that, but I'm almost positive that we approached Variety and they covered it, and then then it got syndicated. Right, once it gets put into place like that, right? Right. Yeah. Bunch of copycats jump on board. Uh, exactly. What what does the rest of the team feel like when these ideas are first brought up, Claire? Like like doing a video game, <laughs> like Oregon Trail style, like. It, it, it seems that like the team is pretty receptive to to uh, to unique ideas and outlandish ones that kind of in Nick's words. Yes, I think that's definitely true. Um, I haven't. I my head is um, pretty much down in the transcript library most of the time, so I actually haven't had a ton of experience with like bigger content marketing projects, but. Um, Definitely, I do know about all of them. And so everyone's really transparent and gets ideas. And I would say it's all pretty collaborative and everyone's really open to creative ideas for sure. Oh, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's always a, a, a great environment to, to produce good work in. Um, and the last, the last content play uh, kind of goes back to how we first got connected, Nick, which is content value-driven emails over the traditional promotional style emails. So right. walk us through what you mean by that. Sure. So like, I think that what my ethos of uh, generally as a marketer is that you're supposed to meet the expectations of people, but subtly subvert them in a pleasant way. Right. And, you know, when, when people get an email from a speech text company, because I'm signed up to every one of our competitors, I know what they expect. Right. Like it's going to be pretty dry. It's going to be pretty direct. It's going to be pretty product focused. Prop, you know, there, there'll be benefit statements. There'll be a header image, right? Like they'll have the, all the, all the things that you expect in an email and that's about it. Right. And then what, what leaves you with that? Nothing. There's no novelty. There's no little burst of, of, um, you know, endorphins that, uh, you know, has you come back and remember that company. Right. And the idea is that not to, not to sell anybody on anything in, in, in any given email, you don't have to always do that is to give tw about twice as often as you ask and also to give while you ask right so like you noticed in that thing that we you know that was not a hard sell that you had you had shared on linkedin um that was we had a hard sell email that went out to a different group of people um th this was this was a soft sell sort of like showing kind of uh thought leadership and speaking to the people who understand that world that we we get what they're about right and that's you, you build that community and then it's all in that email and that's it right like you get in you get out you get the open and then the next time you send something that may be a promotion you're more likely to get those clicks and opens um and then you build like a, a community you build a, you build you know um and and you try to encourage it not to be one direct uh, uh, you know, like unidirectional right like it should be a bilateral channel where you ask people to respond to your emails. I just did on Halloween. Um, and that actually helps your sending score too, if you get replies. Um, so yeah, that, that's basically it. We just really started to say, you know what, no more of these 50 word promotional emails. Let's put some, some personality and build this community and acknowledge that email is this like kind of intimate channel where we can stay top of mind 
and um, you know have some fun. How frequently are you guys sending uh, emails like that? Like the, you know, the one I received was the the Titanic one. Obviously, there was a new feature, um, so you're not always launching new features. So, so how often are you sending well, we emails are. Uh, that sort of community <laughs> building like that? Yeah, it's funny that you say that because like we have this. We're an engineering focused company, which you wouldn't think from the marketing team um, being as sharp as we are. Like um, there's like 200 engineers here and not enough marketers to cover that kind of production. Does that make sense? Like right. in the last few months, we've come up with like 10 or to 12 notable things, right? Um, so that kind of makes it easier, but we also have a, a, like a regular cadence of, oh yeah, we haven't emailed this persona for a while. Let's like let's figure out what, what what would be a fun way to talk to people and sometimes we have to really dig deep um you know one one month we had no rollouts and the, the pm team kept coming back to me and saying uh we have to punt on this we have to punt on this i was like okay and then i looked up rev online and found this group of um like this trio of teenage irish singers these girls <laughs> and i said um you know let's all get behind them and support them and then um Hollow Notes actually retweeted them because Hollow Notes manager uses Rev. <laughs> okay. Um, it was it was a bizarre um, thing that happened. This was right before Claire got hired. I don't know if you ever heard that story. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So they they were doing a cover of a Hollow Notes song, and like I said, the 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 duo themselves had seen it, and uh, they went from like I don't know like a hundred likes on uh, Twitter to like three thousand over a day. Right. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. That'll happen with Hollow Notes. That's a good, that's a solid retweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they got a, they got a big, yeah, they have, they have a lot of clout in the uh, Yacht Rock scene. Yeah. <laughs> are they considered Yacht Rock? Is that, is that? I think they, they are the quintess, they are the, the epitome of Yacht Rock, aren't they? I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Michael McDonald, I feel like is, is, there you go. Yeah, he's yeah, kind of the right. poster yeah. boy or maybe the, uh, the, the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, this was great. Uh, I think that's a good spot to end it is on Yacht Rock. Um, so everybody can go make their playlist, but no, this, this was, this was great. Um, I think Rev puts out some of the most unique and, and conversational and human content out there. The Rev transcript library though, that, that just blows my mind. So well done. Um, awesome work. I, I imagine a lot of work goes Thank into you. that, both planning out what you're going to cover and then obviously handling the logistics, finding, you know, signing out who's going to cover it. It does. Like that must yeah. be a, a ton of work, especially when you're covering politics. Um, so that, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, just a brilliant fun. play. I, I love enjoy that. it. Yeah. I bet, especially yeah. when you're getting links from, uh, you know, CNN or the New York times, you know, places like that, it's, pr it's probably right. makes it pay off. Right. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't hurt. It doesn't what, hurt. <laughs> what's the next, uh, like how far in advance do you plan those out? Like what's the next big one that, uh, you'll be releasing day to day, day to every day. So, we post anywhere the past few days have been a bit slower but i mean there are days we post 15 transcripts um wow so it's just day to day and so who's doing like know. the scheduling like looking ahead and seeing like who's you know what congressional hearings are tomorrow what uh what uh earnings calls tomorrow like who's who's planning all that out um so there's just there's not a lot of long-term planning i would say uh my um manager he still works a lot on the transcript library and he is good about um like reading through like financial emails and being like these earnings calls are this week like he's really good right. about that mm -hmm. um but 
as far as like day-to-day stuff, like Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, whoever, um, that's more of a day-to-day thing. So it's mostly just me staying on top of it during the day. I look at Google Trends. Um, I just kind of figure out what people are talking about. I look at Twitter a lot. Um, and then, yeah, but um, there's like White House schedules and things you can look at. And I do, but I mostly do that on a daily basis. And then I just order the transcript when it's finished and get it ready on WordPress. Right. Then and everything's load. on demand, right? Yeah. You can always go back. Yeah, there's a lot of impromptu press conferences. So, yeah. Yes. Well, that's yeah. She's our journalist, really. I mean, it's a journalist job. Is what she's doing, right? Um, yeah, right. Yeah, and journal powers too. So it's a it, it, it's a it's a brilliant play. I love that. Uh, I'm sure I'm not going to be the only one going to check that out after everybody listens to this. So uh, thanks again, uh, both of you, for coming on and, and sharing all this information. I'm a huge fan, even bigger fan after today. So thank you. Awesome, John. Thanks, thanks for you. having us. Mm-hmm.